Hey, everybody. We're Bob and Audrey, a husband and wife team. And this is our podcast all about relationships. We are marriage and relationship enthusiasts. Believe me, there is a God-given design to thrive in both life and love. And we think that Jesus is amazing and worth following with everything you have. On this podcast, we are putting together the truth and best practices we have learned over our 35 years of marriage, and more specifically, over the past 18 years, where we have spent our lives helping people love their relationships. After getting through our own family crisis, we became passionate about rescuing and mentoring others. We have authored numerous books and developed on-demand courses that can be found on our website, lovemarriedlife.com. And with all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Welcome to the podcast. We are Bob and Audrey. It is episode 98. Woo! Can you imagine that? 98 episodes. Getting closer episodes. and closer to that number <laughs> We're going to have to do have some kind of a party on number 100. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. You why, guys are all invited why is, to our- Why is... I guess that's... It's a three digits. Is That's it. Yeah, okay. we're moving to three we're digits. Gonna, we're going to jump into <laughs> there real quick. We're going to have to have some kind of... You're all invited to our place for episode mm-hmm. 100. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, speaking of invitation, I feel like this podcast today is an invitation. Okay. An invitation to anticipate it, incredible possibilities with, with because God is in your life. Yeah. I think one thing we all enjoy are the seasons. Yes. You know, I, and I... I think we need to allow ourselves to recognize, you know, there are seasons in life as mm-hmm. well, but as well, welcome, not just to the podcast, but to summer. Yeah, this is day- at the recording of the podcast. It's the first day, first day, day, of day one of summer. And I love summer. Summer is a fun, has so is many, summer is, it's packed full of fun memories. Is summer easy days? Is yeah. that kind of lazy, lazy, days. lazy summer That's days? It. Isn't lazy there there's something days. about lazy summer days? Right, right. And I'm thinking of the word rest. Mm. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, coming through a, a winter or, you know, a uh, you know, springtime is is a big big uh, season for many many farmers. Yeah, planting, plowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's that place in summer where you just kind of watch sun things comes grow in the warm. Just watch things grow. Oh, I like it. let's do that this right. summer. Hey, Bob, let's let's, let's think, watch things grow. Yeah, think for a moment of all the things you've planted. Yeah, all the things you've been praying for. <gasps> All the things you've been believing and trusting God for and find a place of rest. Labor to enter into a place of rest. I love that, Possibly you've been very, very busy. Hmm. And you've heard us, you know, say this statement, you know, beware of the barrenness of busyness. And so when we enter into a season of rest, it's not that you cease from activity. Mm Mm-hmm. But you actually find this place of rest. And I think there's a place of confidence, yes. you know, and courage. And so that's that's my word for you in this summer yes, season. Yes, that's good. I love that. I, I'm i just blown away by that because I, that feels so right with me to have a season of rest. Because I have had thoughts these last few weeks that... Mm-hmm. I want to make an intention to anticipate that this is going to be my best summer ever. Like, why not? Like, even though, yes, we still have activity and responsibilities, we can still rest Mm -hmm. and we can make time to make memories. And that's what I think when you think summer is memories. And Bob, I have great memories of driving in the car. I used to love it when it got warm enough in summer that I could roll down my car window. You got to remember you were raised in Winnipeg. Yeah. So when it got- So you knew winter. Mm -hmm. But when I could roll- 
roll down my window and it was warm enough to feel the wind in my car. I just loved, you know, pumping up the music, turning it up and just feeling the wind through my hair and going, yes, my arm. Windows down is My arm is out the window (laughs) and maybe my foot is out the window. Well, my childhood memory is as a little boy with, with the family we would. We, we lived in southern Michigan, right. and we'd drive north to the UP, to the Upper Peninsula. Oh, right. And you're always looking for the Mackinac Bridge. Wow. Who can spot the bridge first? <laughs> I love okay, it, so Bob. you got to be a, a Michigander in order to appreciate <laughs> that. But uh, as well, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, there's no air conditioning, no. it's always windows <laughs> down. But, you know, you stick your arm out. Yeah. You know. What is it about sticking your arm out? Well, and and you and you use it like a uh, like a it's kinda like it goes No, like an airplane. That that flap or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and you go up and down like an airplane. Oh yeah. That's the momentum. The momentum happens. Now y'all are listening and you know you've done it. (laughs) Now at your um, mature age, you need to go do it again. That's right. Today. <laughs> hey, Bob, just today. Yeah. Just today. Um, Dave and Tessa are living with us right now. Right. Are, they moved here from Toronto a few months ago, and they're still living with us as they're looking for a place. Mm-hmm. And um, just today, they needed to drop off their car to get new tires. So I was you know, going to drive with... T- I drove separately from Tessa, but I was driving there and I thought, I'm all alone. I'm in the car. It's oh. hot out. So I full on rolled down the windows and I put on some good music. Did and, you? And it was really blast good. Blast it. Do you want to hear my or song were you, today? Or were well, you gentle what, on my speakers? I, I was not gentle on your oh. speakers. <laughs> you, you know, I don't like that. <laughs> this song was, whoa, whoa, you got the best of my love. Whoa. And now this is interesting. The huh. first line of that song doesn't take much to make me happy. I think that that's a thing that we should be like. It's just not going to take much to make me happy mm. and fill my heart with glee. You know, mm-hmm. let's be those people that it just doesn't take much, and all of a sudden I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I think that's the sign of a very healthy, yeah, healthy place. Healthy in your heart. Own. Healthy heart. Healthy, healthy identity. Heart. Yeah. Healthy perspective on life yeah enjoying life well we're starting and it may turn into a series but this Hmm. would be the first uh really wanting to help you with your sense of identity Mm -hmm. and from that comes your sense of self-image self-worth and Mm self-confidence so we're going to take a little bit of time and kind of walk through that but one of the first illustrations that we share with couples that might come for an intensive or you know Couples in crisis, or they're just, you know, having issues, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, we, what we do is we share with them kind of the beaker illustration. Yes. And uh, this is based on a John Gottman poll uh, that speaks about married couples are basically living, you know, with 69% of unresolved conflict. And in our 15 years, we've we've just really seen that to be true. Mm-hmm. And in helping people to understand this, that, you know, right around that 70% mark, there's, you know, a lot of unresolved conflict, but then there's also the buried pain. Yeah, and so we took the, the Gottman thing and we understood it, but we wanted to make it ours and deepen it. And we started thinking through and we thought, it's not just unresolved conflict that married couples are living in, it's, it's a combination 
of unresolved conflict and, and buried pain. pain. Like it really is both. Right. And the buried pain would be identified more with, you know, kind of the baggage that I brought into the relationship. Yeah. And then the unresolved conflict are the things that we ignore and we just bury. And I would say the buried pain has to do with insecurities. Like mm. I, I come into this relationship with some insecurities, some oversensitivities, mm-hmm. some some low functions in my, my personality or whatever that might be. I bring that in sure. and it affects our we relationship. Yeah. And so my sense of myself really does affect our relationship. Yeah. Well, I, I was, you know, we were with a couple recently and, and I just made this real blanket statement and... And I basically said, you know, most of our marriage issues or mm-hmm. challenges or or struggles, you know, people come and what they what they present, you know, are patterns, yes. um, are uh, relational um, cycles, imbalances, yes, yes, and you know, but patterns that they've created, and it's like, you know, we don't jive, you know, kind yeah. of a thing. We just don't get along. Mm-hmm. But you know, what I said with to this couple is, and what I've really found is that the majority of our relational um, differences Mm -hmm. come really from a lack of of identity. It's more of an identity problem than it is a marriage or relationship problem. That is so true. And it's also an individual problem more than it is a marriage problem. Yeah. And and because when I think of us, Bob, and just where we've come from, like there's been some painful places in our marriage, some times when it was just so um, thick in the air with the atmosphere of just not getting along or, or just a lot of things that we're not, uns- we're, we are avoiding a lot of conversations that should have probably happened. And we didn't have a capacity. We didn't know how to have those conversations. But I would say the the majority of our healing has taken place as we have individually found healing for our heart. Mm-hmm. Like when you say that, Bob, like when you think of our healing, it really has been, we sure we've resolved some conflict between us, but most of it has been me finding Jesus to heal my heart and my identity, like mm-hmm. not being in question anymore about who I am. Because it, it's not just a behavioral you know, issue, but it really is an identity issue. Yeah. And so you've heard us you know, say again and again, you know, with regards to matters of the heart, you don't live the life that you want, but rather you live the life you believe that you deserve. Mm-hmm. You know, the heart being really the seat of our identity. Yes. Okay, so it's what I believe. Therefore, the beliefs of my heart, you know, create the boundaries, you know, of my life. Yes. So Proverbs 4.23, you've, you know, we've said again, you know, um, keep or guard your heart. Yeah. With all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life, and that word issues are boundaries. To guard our heart is everything. You know, sometimes you think, well, are we talking about relationships? I'll tell you, when you guard your own heart, that's when you can start to have healthy relationships. So guarding my heart means that what I believe in the deepest part of me, my yeah. core beliefs, are definitely going to affect right. but when, everything. When, when I hear from you saying guard, that yeah. means I'm, I'm defensive. But right. I, I want to allow the Lord to heal my mm, heart mm-hmm. because I, I've experienced a broken heart. And mm-hmm. so there are things that have happened or that I've experienced in my life that were never intended and uh, that result in a broken heart. 
And so Jesus says, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. And so in him, healing my broken heart is absolutely everything. So if I'm trying or really desiring a healthy, right relationship with you, and yet I have a broken heart, then there is a lot of strife. Then there is a lot of struggle, and Mm -hmm. you're not finding the rest that you really, really wanted. And so the, the heart, you know, good or bad, establishes the boundaries, you know, of our life. And that is what I would describe as, you know, what are, what are my heart beliefs? Yeah. What are the core beliefs of, of my life? Yeah. And these, you know, individual boundaries aren't necessarily, you know, imposed on others mm-hmm. or formed from the outside, yeah. but it's collective, you know, over time that all of a sudden I've gathered evidence repeatedly either about myself, you, mm-hmm. or even God. Yeah. And then I begin to create, you know, my own heart beliefs. Yeah, and knowing your own heart beliefs is so powerful because when you find a limiting belief, you're believing a lie, all of a sudden you know you can go to that that place with God and say, wow, this is me having the opportunity, invitation, because that's yeah. my word today, invited for God to... Um, rewrite the beliefs of my heart Mm. so that they can be in agreement with him. Mm -hmm. And so I hope you're hearing this, you guys, as you're listening, that today's podcast, as Bob and I are preparing, we're like, let's talk about how much your identity affects Mm -hmm. your relationships and how valuable it is to establish your identity in who God says you are and with all your wildly different personalities and different upbringings and different family cultures, but in that wildly different place of who you are, there's this beautiful person. And I want you to feel so loved today as you're listening that you get to establish how loved you are and kind of almost quit the questions about your identity and just say, I'm just going to establish my identity rather than questioning it. What's my passion? What's, what am I on earth for? I think there comes a time when you just establish it and say, this is it. Mm-hmm. And now I can live from here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you even listening is really because you, you want to improve your life. Yeah. You want to improve your relationships. Mm-hmm. And, but really, no one else needs to change other than you. You know what, when you, you... Can, in order for you to really begin to enjoy life, yeah, there can be a heart shift, you know, within you. And it begins at a place where I can't blame others. You all know our life story. <laughs> you all know where, you know, where we've come from. You know, the, the crisis we've gone through. But I'm telling you, as long as I was blaming Audrey for my problems... I couldn't find an answer. I couldn't find the peace, you know, that I was really looking for. But Jesus says, Bob, I want to heal your broken heart. And in healing my wounded broken heart, then we were able to mend and heal the relationship. It's so true because we tend to want to go to the outside to fix things on the outside. Yep. Uh, change things on the outside, create an environment on the outside where I you can be safe. When this person treats me like this, then I can be safe. If you say these kind of words to me, then I'll be safe. Mm-hmm. And we want to 
to somehow manipulate change control our outside world so that we can finally breathe and finally be safe. But the key and the covert secret operation key is when you go inside and find out what you believe about yourself, that actually establishes your identity. And when you go inside and ask the Lord, who am I? and establish that, then all of a sudden, no one around you needs to change in order for your life to improve. That, that, now that is, that is mind blowing. And I, some, I, if I could say it in a way that would be more impactful, I would, that's the, the most clear way that I can say it is you guys, no one needs to change for you to have a better life. No one needs to change for you to have happiness, joy, contentment. Mm -hmm. No one has to change for you to feel secure. And that might sound to you like, Audrey, you don't know my life, but I do know that Mm. when there's no one to blame, then the one thing that you have absolutely authority over is your beliefs. Yeah. So I think that's why when you said, Bob, at the beginning, this might be a series. That's how important. I mean, we'll see how this goes, but that's how important this is. Yeah, it is. And how life-giving and free this can be for you. Yeah, because when we, you know, have couples come to us and they talk about the patterns, you know, he never, she always, you know, and where we clash and we have all all of this friction and irritation in the relationship, you know, you know, help us. Well, then... We really need to help them. Would you be willing to deal with the beliefs of your heart? Because we all repeat these habitual patterns. Mm -hmm. So when they come, it's like, yeah, we've had these patterns, Mm -hmm. you know, for years, decades sometimes. And this is where, you know, we kind of go back and, you know, where was your first disappointment, you know, with each other? You know, where did, you know, where was that seed first planted? And yet it was... You feel as though it was so insignificant and small and, oh, it's no big deal. But then all of a sudden you find yourself living with 70% of unresolved conflict. So these patterns, you know, over and over again become a part of our life choices. But they're based on what we believe in our heart at the core. Exactly. Just last night, we had a session with a couple and it was our first time meeting them. And so we asked about the first disappointment. She said, you know, I was, you know, that's when he said I needed to do something and I need to go somewhere for my job. And it was, yes, it was a volunteer situation, but it was important for what I did. And he goes, no, you cannot go. And so that strong statement to her has affected her entire 20-year marriage, and she still remembers, and now she's still feeling that mean, cruel person. But it became a pattern. Yes. You you see, and and, uh, it wasn't just that incident, but there's things in our past. And, And again, that's where I reference, you know, Jesus, if I'm recognizing a pattern in me, then I believe that you want to heal my heart. Yeah, and the beautiful thing that happened last night is that as she allowed Jesus to visit her in that moment 20 years ago, when and when I when her eyes were closed, I said, when he said that to you, what did you feel? Like, how did that break your heart? Did it feel like a hammer or a spear? Like, our hearts get broken. And she goes, no, it felt like a cage. Mm. 
it felt like I was put into a cage. And then the tears started to come. And she said, I feel like I've been in a cage for 20 years. And that light came on. And I said, yeah, and that cage, that belief that he's mean is the cage. And I'm trapped. You see, those are the heart beliefs. Like when we say heart beliefs, that's what we mean. We start believing something. You're mean and I'm trapped. Those become the glasses, the lens that which we see you. And now that's all I see. Now all I notice is how much you're trapping me and how much how mean you are to me. And mm-hmm. then we're missing the beauty of who you really are. Right. And when Jesus, now back to Jesus healing hearts, when he visited her in that memory, he made sure that he was holding her hand and that cage was no longer going to restrict her. And you could feel the layers of 20 years of sadness and and just miscommunication between the two of them. They were like scales that just fell off and there was fresh new beginnings between the sure. two of them. And it was because of Jesus. And they looked into each other's eyes. They wept together. And we and she just could apologize. She go and say, I, I'm sorry I put this cage on. I let I let this cage in my own belief system restrict me and limit me from enjoying you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, can you imagine over the 20 years, the work that they've put into, you know, trying to break a pattern or trying to, you know, express to one another, you know, how I love you. But when you have a limiting heart belief, mm-hmm. it's no matter what the other person does, it, it just, it, it's not easily received. Mm-hmm. Just yet last week, Bob, from our last podcast, we've been talking about unconditional love, you know, these mm-hmm. last several weeks. Love without strings. In love, yes. And so what someone was saying was, you know, their their marriage ended in a divorce. And they said, but Bob and Andre, you said that you we should always love people in a way that they feel valued. But what if they weren't receiving that love? There was nothing you could do to receive that mm-hmm. love. Well, you know what? There's That's what I'm saying is there's no black and white cut rules here. Like the thing is, is that they might not feel valued, even though you try and show someone value, they have their own heart beliefs. And if what you're trying to say to them, all they can see is the opposite. They'll not be able to receive your love. So I understand how frustrating it is to love someone when they're not receiving your love or feel deserving of your love. So it never lands, yeah. you know, because the, the one thing that you and I, Mm-hmm. you know, have absolute authority over yeah. are the beliefs. Right. And and so, and I'm not saying that we haven't experienced, you know, or have, have observed or others haven't been cruel to us, mm-hmm. but then what meaning or significance do I attach to it? And then what do I allow, you know, those words or those actions to be able to say about me? So I'm not I'm not trying to minimize that you haven't been hurt, you know, you haven't been betrayed, abused or lied to. Mm-hmm. But you see Jesus says, "Let me heal your broken heart." And Jesus says, "Because I want you to be able to find in me who you really are." Mm-hmm. You see, I want you to be able to find in me, Jesus says, your your the truth about how fully accepted and how loved you really, really are. Yeah, it's so true. You know, it's interesting. Another thing that happened this week, Bob, is that um, someone reached out to me and just said um, that it was really, really difficult to, um, well, I don't want to get too much into this, but how do you confront reactive emotions and and how do you help, like how do you actually 
help this from going on. How I said, you know, when you when when you can't get over your unforgiveness towards someone, just start thinking about the high functioning them and remembering the good. You know, when someone's acting up that's close to me, I focus on the real them. I, I, I focus on thinking the best mm-hmm. about them and the most high-functioning version of that. But then this person said, can I ask an honest question? Is that the most loving thing to do for ourselves when we're with a, con- a controlling, manipulative person? You know? So do I keep doing this? And I said, just because you seal the real them doesn't mean you don't protect yourself, you know, when you're necessary. But I said, but it does protect you from the negative emotions that comes with that. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, you just like judgment and hatred, you don't want judgment and hatred in your heart ever. You don't want these inside of you. So if you're thinking about other people negatively, they're going to have power over you. So when you see the real them, then they're able to, to be released. You know, then it's released from your belief system about mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, I know that we've re- repeated ourselves yeah. many times through the yeah. podcast, but they all layer, you know, yes. and, and they dovetail, you know, with each other. Mm-hmm. But again, identifying and knowing, you know, God as your source is so yeah. very, very real. And knowing that, then I'm able to be steadfast in my love and unwavering. But then I also then discover, you know, the song that I'm meant to sing. Yes. And so when it comes to the the core beliefs mm-hmm. that, that we develop, recognize that very possibly they are there are limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And and it's just like, why is it that, you know, it's almost habitual that no matter what I do, no matter what I read, no matter how hard I try, it seems as though I, it, just, it just never works for me. There's many people, you know, that have experienced extreme disappointment. And what they're trying to do is to duplicate or emulate what others do. And so it's not just the behavior Okay, it's not just modifying behavior and doing something different. I mean, it's necessary. At times, you know, when you're causing harm or hurting someone, I mean, that behavior needs to stop. But if that's the only thing that changes, it's hard to. It's hard for it to be. It's not sustainable. Sustainable. Yeah, I was thinking that word. And so it's not sustainable. But all of a sudden, when my heart gets healed. Mm-hmm. And, and I change the beliefs of my heart, then that's when I begin to experience effortless victory. And so the beliefs of my heart, they determine my general behavior. Yeah, for sure. Okay? Yeah. And then it's the character that I share that uh, others would experience as a more specific, you know, it's just behavior. like, oh, okay. you know, yeah. you would identify another one you know, by their character. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's specific characteristics that they have. Yeah. Okay. That, that identify them. But then there's this place that we want to go and that's finding wisdom. Yeah. And in finding wisdom, it determines appropriate action in a particular setting. Yeah. And so everything that you're, you've been sharing with here, Audrey, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, these people are looking at, okay, what behavior should I have? You know, what's my character, you know, really to look like, what am I supposed to To do? do? Meanwhile, there's wisdom. Yes. And so in light of all of these variables, is it possible to duplicate 
a successful behavior and or to follow a scripture and have the same results, it's temporal. But when I, in wisdom, allow the Lord to heal my heart, now what's happening is I'm choosing to come into an agreement with his view and opinion of me, of others, and even himself. Hmm. You see, now I'm choosing to step out of my pattern and come in agreement with him. Bob, what you believe in the core of who you are is everything. Like what you're saying is the, the what you believe in your heart, your actual beliefs are affecting absolutely everything they do. Everything in your life. Because, you know, some people yes, want to do. copy other people and say, oh, if I just do what that person does and, and do marriage the way they do mm-hmm. it or do relationships the way they do it, then, I'll, then yes. I'll have the same outcome as they have. But unless you believe what they believe, it's it's not going to, it's not going to, like, it doesn't land. No, because what we believe, like we're talking about identity. Yes. So what we believe about ourselves, it's like it sets a thermostat. It's like mm-hmm. I am. my thermostat is set at mercy and peace. That means I give mercy and I live from peace. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. my, that's my belief system. And so whenever that gets challenged or I'm in a funk of some kind, I've got to say, wait a minute, I've got to change something here because I believe that I have enough mercy because of Jesus for everybody. And I believe that peace is part of my inheritance. Therefore, you can only do what I do the way that I do it if you believe what I believe. (laughs) True. Your beliefs are everything. So the beliefs are everything. Beliefs of the heart determine everything of our life. They affect our health, our perception of ourselves, the perception of the world around us, and they even send these subtle messages or signals to the people around us. Mm -hmm. And this is then how you kind of feel another person's mood. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Audrey, we've shared this illustration with others, you know, for one of the most debilitating emotions that men feel is disappointment. Right. When I believe, go back mm -hmm. to beliefs, when I believe that if I could change my husband or the outside circumstances, then I'll be happy. So if I'm not happy in this marriage, it's definitely your fault. Sure, yeah. And so you're obviously a disappointment. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to think about all the ways that you're a disappointment. Right. Now, all of a sudden, I've let the outward world affect my day and affect my belief system. It's your fault. Right. I will never have heart healing until I look inward. Right. I will never. Like, but then, but then I'm one that is a receptor mm-hmm. of those beliefs mm-hmm. about me. You're having to be surrounded by that. Yeah. Even though I never said them out loud, and I know we've repeated ourselves, but when I think thoughts that you're yep. a disappointment, you're feeling those. Mm-hmm. I'm sending out those messages to you invisibly. And we catch invisible messages, you guys. What I think we said that last week we talked about your thoughts are affecting the people around you. Right. What you're, we did a whole right. podcast about that last sure. week. If you missed that, listen to that one. Right. And and you know, with regards to mood as well. Mm-hmm. I've boy, I've challenged countless people. Please, before you even enter the home, you know. Before you exit the car, just take a moment, just pause. Mm-hmm. And because now you're in, at a point of transition, mm-hmm. you know, the, the busyness, the, the, the harassments of the day, the challenges, I don't know. But 
what you want to do is that when you cross that threshold, recognize that you bring a dynamic. You you can actually influence mm-hmm. the atmosphere within the home. Yeah. So I'm not telling you to, you know, uh, ignore what went on, but to actually identify, oh, I need to be careful here. And yeah, I just want to give you, um, I just want to say, Bob, I really experienced that from you today. Like you were having a moment. But in such yeah, gentleness, you were today. having a moment mm-hmm. and we got into the office where, where we are recording this podcast and he just said, you know what? And in such gentleness, I was considered safe enough that you said, I'm having a bit of an attitude problem and you told me about it. And I really wanted to hear that without, I just listened. I think I did. Yeah, no, I you just, did good. I just I went, felt bad for saying it. I, well, cause who wants to have a bad attitude, yeah, right? Bad like, attitude. but we all do, Bob, we all get bad at the last couple of days. I started getting a bit fearful and controlly of some of some a situation. I'm trying mm. so hard not to like spill the beans and shame people that I'm with right now. But <laughs> I'm just saying that <laughs> you know what I mean. Like no, obviously, I don't know what you're talking no, no, about. No. So that's okay, probably good, a good, good thing. Good. It's not you, Bob. Okay. It's not you. All right. But when I start worrying about somebody, I start to control mm. the mood, okay. and I control my language. And okay. so you know, I start to say, "Are you okay?" and I get oversensitive with people and it's, it, you don't need to worry about people. Yeah, we yeah. can trust God with our people. So mm. as far as identity goes, um, I know we're already almost drawing to a close, but so my identity says I am choosing not to let the moods of those around me affect me because I am secure and I'm established in the love of God and I walk with God and he teaches me every day how to walk in love. Yeah, that's that's my identity. Yeah. That's who I am. And as we go through this new series, I really want to help you, mm. you know, with with your confidence. Yes. Uh, and and just in just you know having that self confidence, that knowing, because so often um, over time we've tried and we've tried again, you know, and we've started and we've stopped. And it's almost as though that we've just simply given up hope, but all of a sudden we've lost confidence. Confidence in myself, confidence in others, and even confidence in God. And Mm. then all of a sudden when you begin to actually take a step back and look and you see, oh, there's a pattern that's been going on here. So as we really begin to allow God, to be the one to identify us. Yes. Okay. Which I think is really important. Yes. All of a sudden, I'm going to be able to effortlessly change the patterns of my life. Yep. Because, you know, my identity, you know, really does come from him. And in my identity, it shapes my self-image. And we'll talk yes, more does. about that. That's what I'd like and, to do next week. Right. And okay. then it gives me the worth or the value, my mm-hmm. sense of self-worth or self-value. And all of this then culminates in a place of confidence. Yes. And and it it all of us all of a sudden life does come to this place of rest. And that rest, I think, for you guys is like this rest from the questions you ask yourself. Because we can get preoccupied with certain questions. What am I passionate about? You know, what are my values? What are my beliefs? Who am I? Like these can become 
um, a downward spiral where we get obsessed with these. And while everyone questions their sense of self from time to time, what we need to do is commit to what you believe you are going to choose as your identity and just establish those beliefs and then live from them. Mm-hmm. Just decide, you know, as homework for this week, decide I am passionate about this and just don't overthink it. What do you love the most? What do you want the most? I mean, just, it's so simple. And that's me say, Hey, hi, I'm Audrey. I'm most passionate about loving life. And I love helping. I love loving. I love solving puzzles for people. That's what I love. Not everyone loves the same stuff, but that's my identity. You know? I trust that you found this podcast helpful. I I understand it's a foundation. It's a place where we'll grow from. Mm -hmm. And Audrey, you were asking a lot of really good questions. (laughs) And sometimes I feel as though we're, we got to wait. We we, we need to set them up just a little bit more. Yes. But what I do find is that when we're suffering, Mm-hmm. you know, from a broken heart, mm-hmm. you know, when we've been hurt, a lot of times what we lose are the passions. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of times what we lose is as though I don't have a choice. And it's almost as though I've been robbed. And am I really allowed to think or feel this way? So throughout this week, my prayer for you is that you would begin to notice again. Yes. Be able to begin to notice the things that you actually enjoy, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it even be colors, you know, whether it be scenery, uh, whether it's, you know, hearing uh, a conversation and the giggling of children, uh, you know, just waking up, feeling well rested. I just ask that you would be able to begin to notice, you know, the good that's in your life. And the things that you actually love and enjoy. Yeah, maybe you love helping people. Maybe you mm. love sol- getting solutions and solving puzzles of life. Right, right, right. Because the other day, yesterday, I thought, I thought about problems. And I thought, we don't help people with their problems. We just help solve their puzzles. Like, we just all we kind help of... help them find a solution. Yeah, there's puzzles that need to be put and together. it's a little more simple than what yeah. they're allowing themselves yeah. to believe. So we're going to just dive more into this next week. Okay. But I think, Bob, that is the perfect way to end is just say notice. Just begin to hmm. notice what you're passionate about. Yeah. I think that's a good yeah. thing and, to do. And if you're, you know, running into bumps in the road, again, noticing helps a lot because you can't change what what you you don't don't notice. notice. That's a great way to end. You can't change what you don't notice. Hey, we love you guys. Oh, you know, the other thing is, you know, Audrey and I, we're not the best at social media. I know. uh, As you might know. (laughs) You may have noticed. (laughs) So, but you're the ones that help us. Yes. And so we'd really encourage you, you know, to share the podcast with Mm -hmm. others. And, uh, you know, there's an entire library. I mean, this is episode 98. Mm-hmm. And I take a look and, and I just really do encourage people, just take a look at the, the topics. And there are articles that are at lovemarriedlife.com that coincide with the podcast. Every podcast has an article. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so they're all there as a wonderful resource. We love you guys. Have okay. the best week. And remember, best summer ever. Oh, yeah. You are invited to yeah. the best summer ever. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, see yeah, you yeah. next time. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.